0: the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States medical bills terrible people lose the farm over not being able to pay their bills and it doesn't just affect you know the 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 the, the poor there i know a lot of people that have lost their homes over having the wrong coverage the wrong insurance not being able to pay their deductible whatever that is uh, or or even they want this doctor because this is the doctor that is a specialist in this for the whatever they have and it's not covered by their HMO they have to do they have to go into another direction and it's going to bankrupt them so Now they're, well, what are we gonna do? And suddenly they get an email from this guy, Marco. They don't even know how I got their email. They don't know, it doesn't matter. They just, because again, through the Freedom of Information Act, everything can be found. They get this email saying, hey, I have some extra cash. If you have anything at all that you might be interested in selling, I can close by the end of the month.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, Why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Marco Kozlowski with me today. He has got a story that you're going to want to listen to. So he's a really, really well-known real estate investor and an advisor. Uh, Over the last five years, he has averaged buying 1,500 units a year. You heard that correct. From 100% ownership to 11% minority in some of these assets. Marco has a pretty insane life story where in 2009, his now ex-wife left him and took all the money. And he was even homeless for a little bit of time. Uh, He refused to let that be the end of his story and grew his real estate investing empire and training to all over the world, from Australia to Singapore to North America and Europe. And he's currently doing over a million dollars a month in revenues. And we welcome you to the Money Talker Show, Marco.
0: Thank you very much, man.
1: Hey, Alison, I'm ready to uh, dive right in. Um, I really want to know, are you really investing in places all over the world?
0: Uh, mostly in the U.S. I help people from all over the world. I only oh, okay. buy in the United States, yeah. I'm in about 34 states is uh, the number of states that I invest in.
1: So so you're in 34 states. And I know that in your intro you have f- over 1,500 per- units purchased uh, a year. From, of yeah, yeah. How, exactly. what, kind of, what kind of units are you – what kind of houses are you buying?
0: Uh, we don't buy houses, how- actually. Uh, we buy apartment buildings, hotels, motels, assisted living facilities, memory care facilities, storage unit facilities, uh, pretty much anything that makes cash flow. And uh, I migrated from buying single families where I started, lost everything in 09, lost hundreds of houses and millions of dollars. And uh, I repurposed asset-based lending, which is what we're going to hopefully discuss today, which allows anyone, no matter what your credit score is, uh, how old you are. Uh, So if you're nine years old, you can still do this. Uh, And where you live, doesn't matter. Anyone can buy an asset um, in the U.S. using asset-based lending. Uh, and what generally that means is 70% of the value of the asset. So if you uh, twist my arm, uh, Cody, I'll share with uh, your listeners how to uh, find um, heavily discounted assets and then finance them using absolutely no cash to make the, the cash flow that, that, you know, that, that is the byproduct so if something makes 100,000 a year and you're borrowing money and it costs you 40,000 a year the difference is 60 and you can just do that over and over and over and over again and it never appears on your credit and anyone can do it so that's how we buy 1500 units a year is we can buy as many as we want because there's no limit to how much money there is in the universe right <laughs> money is infinite so you just tap into you don't need money to make money you just need access to money to make money that's it you don't need your own you just need access
1: well, that's one of my favorite sayings is that you don't have to have the resources as long as you're resourceful, right? Exactly. And exactly. so, okay, so now I am going to twist your arm. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm all peaked up and I'm like, Hey man, cause I've been doing real estate for 20 years and I love it. I love all kinds of uh, assets, but I love when people find creative ways to do things with it because it's not a, I can't do that because I don't have any money. It's how do I do that? Right?
0: Exactly.
1: And so, um, let's start with this. Let's start with how are you like how, how did you go from losing everything in 09 to being able to buy these things like what are what is your channel for you must have a team is that correct
0: uh well let me give you the whole story and that might yeah. actually because that's actually half the story um so i'm originally from canada from montreal oh we wee. uh and i was a concert pianist i was playing the piano uh I say professionally but i don't think i ever made more than ten thousand dollars a year canadian in a year which is like six thousand dollars american that's the that was the pinnacle of my career That was amazing uh not really and uh i got married at 18. i had four kids at 24. i was a stay-at-home dad and my job was to be with the kids and my spouse was actually uh, 12 years my senior i was 18. she was 30 that 's a completely different podcast, by the way, but uh, it, you know we, we, we got together and she was very successful uh, in her in her own way, um, but the economy shifted for her and her business, and we had some serious financial issues and I was wanting to stay home and take care of the kids because I really didn 't have any other skills. And we're always fighting over money. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing, and this is you know year in year out. And I, I don't know Cody or anyone listening to this if anyone's ever had financial problems, but it's 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 terrible. Uh, it's it's really hideous. And I don't know if you know what the number one cause of divorce is. Any idea?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's financial problems. Absolutely. This is one of the reasons that I. This is one of the purposes for me, to bring financial um, literacy to younger people because this causes major problems down the road and also in the household for the parents, you know, um, nobody yeah. wants, I, nobody wants to be in a household where there's that stress in the house because it's not good for anybody.
0: Yeah. I actually joke around that the number one cause of divorce is, is actually marriage. But the second course, the, uh, a reason is divorce, <clears throat> but yeah, it is, it's, uh, financial stress is, is, is hideous. And I really didn't have any skills other than music to to rely on. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, and I saw an infomercial at two o'clock in the morning. I had a huge, finan- you know, huge spat with my spouse. Uh, I was stressed out of my mind, couldn't sleep. And this infomercial on, you know, Hey, why don't you learn how to be a real estate investor? And, um, I bought the product, uh, which wiped us out for the end of the month. Cause we always had way more money than we, I mean, way more month than we had money. And uh, that was another, you know, cause of strain in our relationship, which was, you know, always very difficult. And I went to uh, Buffalo, New York to go to this three day class where it was basically just pitching us other classes, but I sort of got the idea. Uh didn't have any money to really do much, but I plunged into every book, every tape, uh every uh V, you know, VHS. That was that long ago. Uh, you know, any facts that I could get in. At, I'm got your tracking to, all dialed yeah, in. <laughs> all that stuff you know I'm, I'm just trying to figure out exactly what i could because the internet was dial up back then there was no youtube like it is now where you can just learn stuff so it, it was it, it was a journey for me to learn uh, as much as i could uh, i ended up meeting different people through networking and eventually um, learned how to buy property without using my money because uh, or i didn't have any one and number two is uh, i was canadian and i had no access to u.s credit at all mm. so i had to be resourceful in order to buy properties in the u.s So I took down my first property in Buffalo uh, and then um, did it while I was living in Canada. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to buy properties in the US, I might as well do it where I want to eventually live, which is Florida, where most Canadians want to retire. So I started buying property after property, of property in Florida, learning how to do um, more advanced stuff like subject two, which is taking over debt. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, Cody, but it's just taking over someone's debt that has uh, some financial issues. We can just take over their mortgage without qualifying for it. Uh, and I ended up buying a whole, whole lot of property, getting better and better sharpening my skills and uh, eventually amassed uh, almost 600 houses by the time 09 hit. Uh, now we bought a lot of those properties during 2006 and 2007 uh, when it was a in sign Florida. and drive kind of loan. I don't know if you remember those days, but like in Florida. Yeah yeah oh yeah I was not just florida florida Nevada. uh by by then all the hot spots i divorced my first wife by then we're still very good friends like my my spouse uh, my ex my ex-wife karen uh, we're still extremely good friends uh she's the mother of my kids we never ever had a bad word to say to each other it was just really we grew apart she was older than i was and as i was growing up um we just decided we were more friends and we were um really close so we made a decision to split up. It was very amicable. Um, and it's I've been very blessed to have a really great ex-wife in that way. It was We never fought ever. And even when I started making money, I, I always took care of her and the kids if I could. She was the mother of my kids. I wanted to do the right thing. <clears throat> so anyway, I, I, I got remarried to uh, someone that was quite uh, different on my second go around. Uh, and, you know, during this time, you could buy a million. And I. I I realized that why play with a hundred thousand dollar house to make, you know, five grand when I could play with a million dollar house and make 50 grand or 200 grand. So I started playing in really large mansions and started flipping mansions for a very long time, you know, and then, <laughs> then these loans would come out where, you know, you could buy a $5 million property and pull out five, $600,000 at closing and with almost no credit check, nothing. It was a, it was a stated loan, you know, stated income, uh, just sign here and here's 500,000
1: yeah i got to need they were called nina no income yeah. no asset you didn't even have to yeah. fill in the box
0: and uh, so i'm <laughs> like why am i going to just do one so we did 10 a month literally like they if if it was that easy i'm just going to do as many as i can and I'm, i knew that that was not going to be forever it's impossible yeah. and i knew that if i pulled enough cash to have enough reserves I, I would either a everything would go to go to the toilet and i could take the cash that i had and buy all the cheap assets now that would that would collapse that was kind of the plan that was my plan, my, my spouse's and my plan. That was just the way we we're going to do things. So we're cashing up, cashing up, cashing up. We had almost well, just over $11 million in cash just ready to go. And when the economy did flatline in uh, late 2007, uh, seven, 8, uh, beginning of nine, she decided just to, uh, I was, I just started a high tech company in Amsterdam with a, a friend of mine. And on my way back from New York, uh, I tried to buy a coffee and my credit card didn't work. I'm like, what's going on? tried another credit card that didn't work and come to realize and I'm, I call the bank and they say, Nope, your accounts have been all closed. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So by the time I got to Las Vegas, where I was living at the time, she had taken all the money out of all accounts. She had you know, shut down the business. She had taken everything that she wanted out of the house and just vanished. Whoa. So I had no money all the, and this is in at the worst economic cycle there could be in the, you know, in the U S at that time. What am i going to do so that that was a pretty hard wall to hit and it wasn't it it, now i'm a different human than i was 10 years ago uh 10 years ago my ego was attached to how much money i had it was really important to me specifically when you come from a place when you have no money it was really important for me to have as much money as i could so my identity uh, was attached to how much cash i had i was more important i was more i was a better person if i had money which is the furthest from the truth now as far as my my thinking goes. But anyway, that's just where I was at that time. So I hit I hit a wall pretty hard and I went through a, a downward spiral of negativity. Uh, I was angry at everyone. I was, you know, I, I it was just a really bad time. And um that's where I became homeless. Um I alienated everyone around me because I was just bitter and I was angry. A really, really angry human and um actually went on a 3 day bender uh saw a homeless man and a homeless man when he looked at me went Burr. now when a homeless man looks at you and goes you know you look like crap right you know it's bad news bears so he asked me for some change and i had no motor skills at this point because i hadn't slept in 3 days and i had probably drank 3 cases of tequila within a 3 day period of time and i go into my pocket trying to find you know some money uh which i don't have i think five bucks fell out i kicked it over to the guy and he kicks it back and he says i think you're going to need it more than i do i'm like what ridiculous so that really resonated with me the and the you know that i don't need the money you probably need more and as i'm staggering away he shouts at me and says you should try wearing red socks for a while and i'm (laughs) like what the hell does that mean right i don't even know what that means but it haunted me for almost two weeks, I, I, I try to put it out of my mind, and all I could think about was red socks, red socks, red socks. So I went to Macy's to try to find red socks. They didn't have any. Now, at that time, this is in 2009, uh, they didn't have sock stores at that time. Um, so it was, you got black socks, white socks, brown socks, and maybe blue socks. Those are your four colors. You don't like it. You know, there's the door. I went to every store I could find, no red socks. Uh, I went online and I had to use my mother's credit card because I had no more credit cards. Uh, to buy a pair of Red Sox, and they came from Australia. It took three weeks, slow boat from China, well, from Australia, to get these Red Sox. Uh, I almost forgot about them when they came. And I'm slowly pawning off stuff in my house to survive, right? So I'm really just not – my house is going to be foreclosed on any day. I don't even – like, I'm just in high survival mode. My kids are not knowing what the hell's going to happen in, in the future. We're, we're terrified. These Red Sox come. And I'm, at this point, I've been shaved in, in, in a very long time, look like, you know, Grizzly Adams, just look, I look homeless, and uh, I had no t-shirt on, I, had ju- I literally just underwear on when the, the, the guy came to the door. He's like, oh, you're just moving in? And I, I, I really wanted to punch the guy in the face because, you know, I was moving out. And it was, it, this is, my possessions are space, zero. It, it was it, it, it was not a good time. So I put these red socks on and I'm doing like a little weird pee pee dance in the, in the middle of my house, like risky business, you know, just doing this weird thing. I finally a little glimpse of happiness. I know nothing's happening, but I'm just happy for that short period of time. And then my phone rings, you know, bill collectors. Uh, I, I had employees that, uh, my, my spouse had uh, my ex spouse now, at the, you know, we're now moving towards a divorce, which I couldn't afford to do. I had to figure out how to divorce myself from a woman that had taken everything I had. And I had no money to get a divorce. So I was like, still attached to this person. So I, I, I and I have employees that I, that I had that were owed money, we, you know, but the money was gone, but they were still owed the money. And that was on, on me. So I felt terrible. I, you know, I had bill collectors calling me, employees calling me, they felt bad, but they still needed to get paid. And I just don't know how to pay people. So I'm in a really, really, really terrible spot. Wearing these red socks for, forgetting my, my problems for two seconds. Phone keeps ringing off the hook. Ring, 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 ring. yell me money, yell me money. And that keeps going for the rest of the day. Totally forget, you know, what's going on in my life other than I have to figure out how to pay bills. And that's all I'm focusing on is how to find money, how to find money, how to find money. Anyway, my friend calls, my best friend. Um, I hadn't talked to him actually in a year and a half. He had just moved to Chicago. He just, you know, had a new baby. Uh, He knew I had four kids and he knew how, you know, committed I was to my kids and he wanted some advice. So he calls, uh, we have just a quick little chat. I don't tell him what happened. Uh, and he just asked for advice. And I'm there for my friend David for a good 30 minutes. I'm just there present for his friend. I'm listening. I'm, pre- I'm just giving as much as I can. I'm serving him to the best and highest ability that I can. At the end of the conversation, he's very grateful, thankful. You know, then he says, hey, what's, you know? I've given you my story. What's, what's going on with you? Well, I start crying like a little baby, telling him what happened and uh and and I go you know I basically just open up to him in an in an authentic way um and just here's here's what happened, and here's you know what my wife did and and here's where I'm at, and I'm pretty much wanting to get rid of myself, but i don't I can't do that because my kids rely on me, so I don't know what I'm gonna do and now, David is a typical you know american you know he he works hard, he has a job he saves as much as he can. He pays his taxes. And over a 10 to 15 year period of time, he had saved $50,000. And he says, Marco, if I take every piece of savings that I have, I can give you $50,000 if that would help get you out of this bind, because I know you probably need it more than I do. And that resonated at that point with exactly what that homeless man had said. It still gives me goosebumps. I don't know if you can see that or not on on the video, but it, it was incredibly powerful. And it still makes me quite emotional. The guy wants to give me everything he had. And for him, fifty thousand dollars would be my, like me giving you fifty million dollars. It's it, you know, if I had to clear everything I had, I could probably come up with fifty in a hurt, you know, but it would it would hurt like hell, right? For him that w- and but I could always make more because my skill sets are different now than David's were, but for him that was everything. And that touched me so much. I was so moved. And I was bawling for for a long time, like just so thankful and grateful that he would do that for me. It was really amazing.
1: That's so powerful.
0: And I thought, what's different? What did I do? Like when I hung up the phone and I got, you know, I'm sorry, I'm tearing up a little bit here. When I got off the phone, I was like, what did I do different? And I stared down at my underwear and I look at my red socks and I'm like, wow, you know, this is weird. And I thought I wasn't me, 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 me. I wasn't like a drowning person. Poor me, poor me, help me, help me. I was open, authentic. I wanted to serve him at the highest purpose. I didn't worry about myself. I just worried about him and how I could help and serve him to the highest level. And I was grateful. So since August 26th, that's the date, August 26th of 2009 is like my new birthday because i only wear red socks i have red socks everywhere if ever you and i meet or if uh if anyone meets me or ends up coming to one of my events which are very small and very intimate so it's it's not for the masses it's just for those that really want to learn how to really develop a a huge amount of skill sets and wealth in a very short period of time and are willing to work for it this is not get rich quick at all Um, and are willing to put in the time and the effort i give you red socks and a whole bunch of other things that um, that are very special to me that mean something and it just means be grateful. Be present. Serve others more than you want. Um, you know more than you want to be served, and treat people like they want to be treated, not like necessarily you want to be treated. Because Cody, perhaps you have different ways of being happy than I do. So, my it's not how you want to be treated. I see things as how does Cody want to be treated? How do how does my counterpart need to be treated to feel special, loved, and important, and get their needs met so I can serve them at the highest possible level. So I went from a position of. Me, 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 to a position of service and gratitude and humbleness, and um, it, it, it. And many people have asked. In fact, I've, you know, I have um, a lot of people that have asked me. You know, if ever you saw your ex again, what would you do? My answer would probably be give her a hug, not because of what she did, but because of what I had to do in order to become the better human that I am now, to be able to do what I'm doing. Because I've never, I'm, I'm making more money now than I ever have before, but that's not the marker of success to me. The marker of success is how many successful people have I been able to help and how many hand ups have I been able to give by giving them very specific skill sets that can never go away because education, as you know, is more important than money. I can give you, give everyone money and the same, you know, three or 4% will have it in the next three or four years. You know, if someone wins a lottery, they're broke within five years.
1: I I want to ask you a question there, uh, Marco. Um, So I went through a very, not that scale, but very, you know, my own personal story in those times. And I've had people ask me, you know, what would, 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 did you, what would you have changed? Right. And I think about it at the time in the middle of it, I would have changed all of it. Right. Mm. But I needed to come out on the other side. I needed that lesson in my life Mm. uh, and I needed to be uh, humbled really bad and I have a quote. is that, how do you, how do you see it? Cause you said, if I saw my wife now, what max wife, what I would I want to do? I, in my mind, you should thank her.
0: Yeah. I give her a hug. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it, she, and again, it's, she did a terrible thing, um, at the time, but it was in retrospect, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. So like I said, uh, gratitude is every, if I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful. Uh, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yes, money is, you know, money is important to a point. Um, you know, sadly, there's a lack of financial education. That's why I'm so grateful as well, Cody, to be on, on this uh, podcast is there's every everyone's trying to focus on money. And I've always seen money as rabbits. I know this is going to sound weird, but if you chase a rabbit, it's always going to run away. It's very hard to catch a rabbit. You know, they're they're small, but they're faster than us. Right. So they're quick. And so if I go in a field where I know there's rabbits that are lurking and I take a whole big bag of carrots or whatever rabbit food that they enjoy for the time and I place rabbits and I'm quiet and I, they feel safe, the rabbits are going to start coming. And maybe there's going to be a little boy rabbit that comes first to check to see if, you know, Marco's going to hurt the little rabbit, but be cautious. Once he feels safe, maybe there's a little girl rabbit that's going to come around. And if it's a little girl rabbit and a little boy rabbit, well, what might happen? A little rabbit family might start evolving, and suddenly I'm surrounded by rabbits. So at that point, am I in the rabbit business? Am I in the, f- in the taking care of rabbit business, or am I in the carrot business, or am I in all those businesses? So I'm not looking for the rabbit. I'm actually sh- I'm, I'm creating a safe space for my customers or my, my, uh, for people to feel safe and feel taken care of and that's really the mindset that i have now in business it's not about getting the customer it's about taking care of the people around me and the money will follow and it's the same thing when i'm buying an asset i'm buying just the secret to making money in real estate if anyone's in the real estate business and or stock business or in the car business or if you're a costco you have to buy things at the right price period if you're not buying them right you're never going to make any money you a person that makes a lot of money in real estate is not someone that buys retail and retail is like MLS or through a real estate agent. And I'm not poo-pooing agents. I think they're great. They're important, but I don't buy my properties through real estate agents because that's retail. So if I'm, if I'm starting a business, I want to buy my products below wholesale. And the only way to do that is go off market, direct a customer, someone that has a, an asset that they want to sell, or they don't know they need to sell yet unless they get the nudge to do that and i've identified processes because it's i, I don't want to get lucky i want to be able to do this over and over and over again and i want to help other people do this over and over again and cody uh, i i might skip the the line a little bit a lot of people ask me well marco you're making a couple million dollars a month why are you even active and trying to help other people well once you retire and cody you think you might be aligned with this is I've tried doing nothing and I get really self-destructive really quickly because I need to be stimulated in a positive way or I start spiraling in negative directions. That's just how I'm I, – I don't like it. But it's just the reality of who I am.
1: Have, have you ever heard of the entrepreneurial personality type, the EPT? No. Alex Sharp? No. Nope. So um, you're, you're describing exactly what happens to people like me, like you, that – we only, we're evolutionary hunters, right? So we only, uh, we're only happy with momentum going forward. If we don't have momentum, it immediately brings every part of our life to a halt and then goes negative fast because we have to be continually hunting and, and, and moving and creating. And I think that what that's kind of part of what you're talking about. Absolutely. That, yeah. When you stand still, like if you don't have wins in your life. It's all losses, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're not playing, if you're not making wins and you're not chasing things and doing making things happen or helping people, yep. right, then you have to, uh, it, it's all, it's, it's a loss because you haven't had a win, even though you're not playing a game, right? And that's what, that's how we feel inside. And so I would suggest you, you take a look at that. That book changed my life.
0: I, I will definitely, uh, if you can send me a, a text or email, smoke signal, singing to Gorilla, whatever is necessary so I can get that, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm an avid, I like to read a lot, so I, I appreciate that.
1: EPT by uh, Alex Sharfin. it's fantastic. EPT. Short book, it's a little book, it's a little tiny short thing, but man. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. It'll it was the
1: first time I read it, I was like, I, this is the first time I felt like anybody's ever known how I feel in life, like I'm just was like eye-opening, like, whoa, there's other people, this guy knows, you know. <laughs> and i didn't know that's why i felt that way but when i read it, i was like oh this makes sense you know so yeah, yeah I i'm
0: not gr- if i'm not, if i'm not growing i'm dying that's, that's it. it it's
1: yeah. it's always momentum it's a, okay. you're, you're out of it so yeah. um cool so when you so you you kind of left off of where you we were talking with your friend right and and then we kind of got to down the road but where was when was your pivot like what what happened where you turned and said okay I'm no longer going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to go after this and this is what I'm going to do. Like, when did you, it sounds like you were to about that point with your friend offering this money to you. Yep. And then when, what did you do?
0: I wish I could say it was at that time and it was an absolute, you know, game changer. and I instantly pivoted, but it was brick by brick, uh, step-by-step. Step. It's not a, it was not an easy process. Um, you can, if I catch myself something negative, say, or thinking negative thoughts, I would, be conscious of it. And I think that's the first step. Um, if I could give anyone advice, it wasn't just, okay, I'm done thinking negatively. Now I'm divorcing negativity. Uh, now I'm at a point where I don't even understand negativity. I don't see problems. I just see opportunity. That's it. There are no problems. They're just opportunity with COVID. It's a terrible thing, Uh, but there are opportunities that have been created from that. And in the jungle, it's not those that are the strongest that survive, it's the most adaptable that survive. I, Anything that adapts quickly and pivots quickly is the one that's going to do well in business, so, or in life, or, or in their marriage, or in the relationship. Something happens with your family, you have to pivot, and you can't cry over what it used to be, it is what it is now, so let's find out how we can grow from this experience. And as soon as I started developing that mindset, uh, that's when my world really changed.
1: That's so awesome because I literally had the exact same kind of shift in my life after these things. And when I started to realize it, it was like, okay, wait, everything's just a problem solved. And so there's not a reaction. I don't think you can change the reaction. Like, I don't think like, I, I'll tell you something. We were actually at the dinner table last night and a friend of mine was with us and he said, man, I was just, I couldn't sleep last night. I was so worried. And I said, just out of my, my nature, I was like, worries the most wasted emotion on the planet. And he was like, yeah, but I can't stop it. And I was like, well, listen, I, I don't tell you these things to be like, oh, you just wasted all your emotion. I say them because I'm reaffirming to myself the same thing. doesn't mean that I still don't have that sometimes that, that feeling that comes up, but I can step out as a third party and go, oh, wait a minute. This is dumb. I'm not going to worry because it doesn't change the outcome better in a, in a single way. Right. And so I wonder, as you as you talk about these things in your day to day normal life, um, nonetheless, on podcasts and things, do you have to kind of step back sometimes? Because I feel like you might be able to. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to see behind the curtains unless you've seen behind the curtains. I don't know how to say it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> you don't know what you don't know.
1: That's it. Yeah. 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 But it's but it's also there's a there's a line there where sometimes where you because you, you've got a, like you said, it's gradual. And so when you say something like, uh, when someone says, oh, they're worried, you go, worry is the most wasted emotion. Yes. You're, you're yes. just cold. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be cold. Like, I'm really telling you because I want you to feel yes, like yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Like- well,
0: you might, th- th- I've learned a lot. Influence is important. Uh, as w- I consider, I guess we're, we're influencers. Our, 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 our role now as leaders is to influence, is to ask the right questions where you can't make someone do something. You can't make your friend stop worrying. But you could ask, um, how is worrying solving the problem? And uh, I, I learned uh, uh, the how questions really are phenomenal ways of getting people to shift their thinking and change very, very quickly. How is doing what you're doing going to get you to where you want to go? And if they haven't gotten that aha moment inside of them, they're just going to keep repeating that pattern. And it could be a very powerful way of, of doing that. So I uh, as, as as leaders, we're always trying to find ways of Helping others, because that's ultimately why we're on the planet, I think, is to help as many humans as possible. That's, you know, you shared with me why you started the podcast, and uh, I think it's brilliant, phenomenal. I think financial education uh, and is something that needs to be, as you said, uh, communicated. Uh, and it's your mission, your passion, and your vision, and I think it's a, a beautiful, marvelous thing. And it needs to happen more, more of these conversations needs to be had because the school system now is not designed to create a an army of extremely successful people. It's to create sheeple, right? To create as many people going back to work, bah, back to work, bah, back to work. And, you know, retiring. And most people die within five years of retirement because they don't know what to do with their life. They're focusing on retirement, focusing on retirement. Actually, I know so many people that have had a dream after retiring and they have never actually got there because they died before they even retired it's a terrible terrible waste of your life you got one life as we know it make it count
1: yeah and yeah. You know. I, I want to um I want to actually ask you like technically not I guess well I guess not technically like how how are you getting into so many uh opportunities like you we kind of talked about it earlier you said if I twist your arm you're gonna tell me right
0: yeah absolutely. So, uh,
1: I want to know this is my this is my this is my coming around more to the technical side of this how, how are you doing this? Like, what? Where are you? Fi- I guess, what are you doing would be the first question, and then how are you doing it, and then how are you finding what you're doing? <laughs> How's that?
0: Okay, um, I'm going to give you the really watered down, big, big picture version, because yep. uh, I don't know how long we have. I don't know how if it's just a, if it's a six day podcast, and I can definitely get into the real technicalities of it, because <laughs> it does take me three days. Uh, I do I do three day events where I take 25 people, and uh, I actually walk them through each one doing a deal so um, if anyone does decide to um, seek me out or enroll in uh, in any of my programs specifically the first one we help you buy a three to five unit something small um, that doesn't take a nickel out of your uh, pocket no risk whatsoever no credit uh, and it doesn't matter where in the planet that you live and you're not allowed to go see the property either and these of course are third-party managed. so how the heck do you do that well um, first Uh, I I touched on it a little bit earlier asset-based lending is the first key there are a few keys here an asset-based lender is someone just like a pawn shop or a title car loan where you bring in your car that's paid off and they will lend you money based on the value of the car you stop making the payments they take the car back it's that simple well in real estate it's easier than a car because you don't have to figure out where the car is Uh, there's no low jack it's right there so it's very easy for them to take it back because they have a first mortgage position on the property and they'll lend 70 percent of whatever the value is but based on a business it's a business loan so it's based on the cash flow and if again i, I don't want to lose anyone here but it's it's not that complicated um about, I'll, I'll i'll give you the, the the cliff notes in just a second so if the property is worth a million bucks they're able to lend seven hundred thousand dollars and that got me really excited when i first figured that out because i knew that all i had to do then is find the right asset that was under seven hundred thousand. I could roll in closing costs and i could buy as many as i wanted with no money in of pocket so it was like yeah this is great The problem is is where do you find these um, these properties because i was finding a lot of distressed properties but they don't want distressed properties they don't want pieces of crap they don't want things that are falling apart that are dilapidated and you know they need a match they don't need a purchase you know that's that's the way to get rid of this property is burn it down to the ground not interested so then it was a new journey for me on how do I find distressed assets, uh, sorry, distressed sellers, not distressed assets. And uh, now from Canada and there's a Privacy Act where nothing can be found online. If I, like Cody, I know your first and last name and I could just put, put that into my computer. If I know which city you live in, I could know exactly where you live because it's public information. So finding people's assets is actually very easy in the US because of the Freedom of Information Act. It's the complete opposite of the, the Privacy Act in Canada. If I put someone's name in Canada, it's all private.
1: I want to have a real quick. I heard you say something in there that I think is a very, very different part of this niche is that you're not looking for distressed assets. You're looking for distressed sellers. Correct. Right. Huge difference. Yeah. You went through that real quick and I'm like, that's, that's where it is because that's the difference is that the asset, if you people think about when they're buying real estate, they're buying distressed assets. They're thinking, okay, well, I got to buy this place because it looks like it needs some work and it, you know, I can improve it. It's worth X, Y, Z, but I got to put X, Y, Z dollars into it to fix it. You're not looking for that. You're looking for an asset that's actually producing where the guy who owns it has other problems. Yes. Right?
0: Yes. Yeah. And-
1: Sorry, I wanted to jump in because that's a huge difference in what most people look for in real estate.
0: Well, thank you. I, I, I'm trying to do this, zip through it as quick as I can, because uh, I don't know if everyone's interested in this, but I'm actually not in the real estate business. I'm actually in the behavior business. Uh, and I happen to make money in real estate. That's kind of, And you'll see that in a second, because I'm dealing with distressed sellers and volatile sellers, cantankerous sellers, very stressed out sellers. And I've been there, done that multiple times in my life. So I understand where people are coming from and uh can walk them off the ledge to get them exactly what they need so i can get what i want so they get what they want i get what i want and we make cash flow in in, in 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 the in the byproduct all right so anyway so there are five big reasons why people need to sell quickly five reasons why someone will go to a pawn shop five reasons why they're going to need money fast and if someone needs money quickly it's not the amount of money that they need that's more important to them it's not what as much as they can it's whatever they can so there's a shift in, in, in need and help um, as much as I can to whatever I can. So that's a very important distinction. Um, not everyone is going to want to sell their property for whatever they can. Most want to sell for as much as they can. That's normal, right? But I'm not dealing in normal. My, my, my money is not made in normal. It's made in th- th- those that need help. I'm not taking advantage of people, I'm helping people. So A, divorce. I've been through two of them, so I understand it. Uh, why is divorce expensive because it's worth it you know you want to get rid of that person for as quickly as possible you just got to get rid of them and the, the, the only one that makes a lot of money in a in a divorce is the attorneys so if you have two savvy couples and they want to get rid of their property quickly so they can move on with their lives fine gotten a lot of phenomenal deals out of divorces number two uh, displacement people that are moving across the country now the displacement list and I'm gonna say list because as I was saying earlier all of these things i 'm discussing is available through the Freedom of Information Act if you just know where to look uh, if I know your name and the city that you live in, I can pull up where you live, what assets you own uh, from my phone by the way, what cars you drive, every address you 've ever lived at, your social security number i can I can pretty much know where you're you know within the last six months what your bank balances were it 's all public information it 's and it 's extremely terrifying now i 'm not going to say what that how that is happens on the air because there are people yeah. that will use that, you know, power for terrible, terrible things. So I want to use it responsibly, but if you know where to look, the information is there and it's, it's really scary. So it, you know, we have divorces, we have people that are displacing and specifically in the U.S. 330 million people are moving every, you know, 330, 330 million people are in the U.S. People move every five to seven years. Let's call it 10 for easy math. That's one tenth of the population that's moving. That's 33 million people right there. 1% will own a piece of real estate that we might be interested in. Now we're at 330,000 people. Uh, and then 1% of those people will actually be very motivated that need to sell right now. And that's 33,000 people, just that. And it's actually closer to 50,000 because we rounded down. So that's 50,000 people a year that need to sell the property very quickly to need cash now. And if you have access, again, it's not having your own money. It's knowing that you have a lender that needs to lend. So just let I me mean, stop there for a second. Uh, Cody, I think you were in the financial space before. If you have a private equity fund and they have cash and they're not using it, they're not making any money. They're losing money. They need, they, they're, they're losing money and they have, they have an overhead. They, they There's, there's a chew rate that they, they have to make a certain amount of money just to cover costs. So late. money, dead money is terrible. It's cancer. It's the worst thing ever. They, there's a huge amount of pressure on wall street to use it. So. I just figured that out and I, and I figured out exactly what they need in order to be happy. And I'm not buying a uh, money at 12, 13, 14%. I'm, we just closed a loan at five and a half percent. This is like hard money. And most people think hard money is high interest. Uh, you know, they, you, you check all these, no, no, this is very, actually very reasonable interest rate um, assets. Cause anyway, the average is about 8%. So we're borrowing money at 8% on assets that are making on average, you know, 10 11 12 13 14 and we're making the spread on people that need to sell quickly medical bills is the next one that's very large sorry my adhd is kicking in so I, you have um you know someone that has the wrong medical insurance the number one cause of bankruptcy in the united states medical bills terrible people lose the farm over not being able to pay their bills and it doesn't just affect you know the the the, the, the poor there, I know a lot of people that have lost their homes over having the wrong coverage, the wrong insurance, not being able to pay their deductible, whatever that is, uh, or, or even they want this doctor because this is the doctor that is a specialist in this for the, whatever they have. And it's not covered by their HMO. They have to do they have to go into another direction and it's going to bankrupt them. So now they're, well, what are we going to do? And suddenly they get an email from this guy, Marco. They don't even know how I got their email. They don't know. It doesn't matter. They just, Because again, through the Freedom of Information Act, everything can be found. They get this email saying, hey, I have some extra cash. If you have anything at all that you might be interested in selling, I can close by the end of the month. Do you want the cash? At the right price, we can do it really quickly. I'm very clear, very honest, no fun and games. It's just, if you want it, I have access to money. Do you want it? Take it. We get to terms. They get the money. They're very happy. They're thankful. I got the right asset that makes the right amount of cash flow, so I can make cash flow for myself and my family. Bob's your uncle, we keep moving on to the next one so and we and since everything is done through email, I can get a list if you ask me how 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 can I get so many so quickly? I do a hundred at a time. so I pull a list of a hundred, I send it a mass email to one hundred people at the same time. I have about thirty two percent thirty two point six percent is the average response rate i'm very technical, sorry, uh, that actually respond. Then they have keywords, and then I have nine different responses that I basically just copy, paste, and send based on the keywords that they have. And then once they respond to that one, we have more keywords, and we just keep going process, 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 just like a funnel. You have 100 that start, and you have one that drops down, that's the right deal. And not everyone is, now again, I'm doing this all through email. So they could be completely making things up, fabricating, and I have to be able to check it to make sure that it's going to be a good deal. So another learning curve was creating the right contract that allowed me to tie up property without putting any money into the property, uh, into the contract at all with no risk whatsoever. So I spent another 10 years trying to improve a, an agreement that allowed me to tie up as many properties as I could, zero money out of pocket, allowed me to go send somebody else to make sure the property was actually there. It was in good shape. I could get property management there because I don't want to manage the property neither do you if you're ever getting this business. In fact, now our our asset-based lenders won't even lend the money unless you're the third-party manager that knows what they're doing. So you don't have to even have any experience. You just collect checks. And, you know, how to check the financials out to make sure that the leases are actually real and the money's actually being collected. And we have checks and balances and I created processes around that. And this has been, what I'm doing now is not how I started. I started, it was rickety and I made mistakes and I did the wrong thing, went in the wrong direction and, you know, just refined it, refined it, refined it to where it is now. Or I can just say, Hey Cody, send out, go to this place, pull out this email, send out that, do, do this, then go to the next thing, then do this, then do that, then do this. And then you get one and 50% check out and 50% don't. No. And how much did it cost you to pull a list? Nothing. How much did it cost you to send out emails? Nothing. How much did it cost you to send out a piece of paper, literally you docu-sign with, a, with an agreement? Nothing. All right, it's, you get a free account and do it for free. How much does it cost to have three, three people, contractors go take a look just to make sure the property is real and for you to get the information? Nothing. If I'm getting my garage door fixed next week and I need three estimates, I'm gonna get them for free. So nothing costs any money and I can do it from where I am. I'm like Charlie from Charlie's Angels, right? I'm the voice that talks and everyone moves around and they get, they get stuff done because this is how it's going to be. If they want my money, this is what has to happen. And that's kind of what I empower, the skill that I empower those that want to learn this, how to do. Um, you don't have to be in sales. There's no sales necessary because you're not selling or buying, which is a completely different skill. In fact, I find people that are really, really, really skilled in sales struggle because they're trying to sell. And if you have money, you shouldn't be trying to sell because people with money don't try to sell anything. Yeah, they're, trying they're, trying
1: to look, get, they're trying to get right? the three out of know, the hundred and they sound desperate, right?
0: So, right. so you're just looking for the 100. right ones. Right.
1: Yeah. So they're getting the one out of the 100. They're trying to sell three out of 100 and they sound desperate, right? Just Nothing smells one. worse than a desperate salesperson.
0: Yeah, so exactly. So I just, and it's process. And so technically it takes 200 emails because only 50% actual, from the one are going to check out. So it's 200 emails to get one solid deal. And you can, how long does it take to send out 200 emails? A second, right? So you just pull it, put it in, you don't need special software. It's all done through Gmail. You don't, you don't have it. You know, it's, it's very, I've done it in a, in, in a way that's very elegant, very simple, uh, paint by numbers and uh, anyone can follow. But the, the it's the psychology behind it that really excites me. I don't know if you can tell on how to ha on how to change your mindset, that things have to be hard. They don't. Um, what do people need? Go get it and go give it to them. That's how you make money. That's it.
1: <laughs> well, listen, man, uh, Marco, I, I love you breaking that down and showing that for, uh, for the listeners and for myself included. Um, I love hearing about people that take on processes and other numbers, do those kinds of things as a finance guy. That's makes my, makes my heart sing to hear, you know, look, I'm, I'm 38.6, not 38. You know, I know that I, I, cause I understand the, uh, um, Listen, if they want to find out more about what you're doing where is the best place to find you
0: so if you want more information on me in general you can go to marco uh if you want to see a webinar on how i break down exactly what i just did um it's really step by step go to bigfatchecks.com bigfatchecks.com not chicks but checks totally different. <laughs> uh bigfatchecks.com and you will uh you'll hear the webinar and i'm i'll give you a really a great discount as well if this is something that you'd want to do as a listener uh, yeah and again Put that in the show notes it's it's not a class that you take that and we love you and leave you the class starts once you attend the three-day because we walk you through your first deal we I can't give you a handbook a video or or talk about driving a car for three days and then say okay go now go out and drive so first I give a three days of content which is limited to 25 people at a time and I only do one every couple of months I don't do this all the time. My money's made in real estate. I don't want to be committed to doing events all the time. I do it because I enjoy it. And if I do too many, then I stop enjoying it and my quality goes down. I'm not into it. And I never well, want to be in that space ever you again. This so, is something
1: really important because I used to be in a hard money lender situation where I was, you know, I had, I had the hard money. So people would come to me. So I used to go to a lot of seminars and, uh, yeah. I think they said it's your 96% more likely to attend another seminar than to ever buy an investment property. Yeah. Right. Because they're doing exactly what you're talking about. So I love the fact that you guys are walking, holding hands and saying, hey, look, let's get a deal done because yep. you believe in your product. Because a lot of the times I hear these, you know, from the, the, the gurus in that space have ruined a lot of people's perceptions sometimes. Right. They and do. Because so, uh, they, they over, like you said, it's, it's hard work. The pitch it is, is. this is it's- easy. no, it's work. Like you've got to, you've got to work, you got to do this stuff, but uh, you know, you can have systems to make it easier. It's not the way that it's normally presented is just, ah, it's super easy. Just
0: it's simple, but it isn't easy. I'm going to say that. Finding
1: the property is actually what the problem is. Right. And that was,
0: it's, 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 it's also disgusting because I say with keywords and there's emails that are sent, but there's some psychology that goes behind the emails that have to be sent. I give you a template, but it's not, it can't be robotic. The second it looks canned it's over Yeah. because you're dealing with people that want to deal with a human. And the hardest, and it's, 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 it's balancing wanting and needing a deal. Cause when you want a deal, you act differently than when you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need something. It's like dating. If you, if you act very hungry and I need a date, I need a date, I need a date. Uh, and you really start, you know, attacking everything that moves, people are going to flock away from you. Yeah, as definitely. soon as you have more confidence, people start attracting themselves to you. So it's, it's developing that skill set that takes the most amount of time, not the technical side, not the math, which is very easy, not the emails that sent, you know, it's easy. They, they, that is easy. Send, they got an email, oh, send back email. It's, it's, it's what email, how are you going to phrase the email based on what they're saying and really reading what the human is r- trying to communicate because sometimes what we say and what we mean are not the same thing. So you have to read between the lines and that's where I take a lot of joy because once someone gets that that behavior uh, change, once they see what they what's actually happening, is when everything changes in their life. They attract more money. They can get more deals than they've ever needed before. Most of my followers, they get you know they don't do one. They do one, two, three, four, five. Like they do one, two, and it gets faster and faster and faster. It's it's getting your first one that takes the most amount of time. That's where the learning curve is the, the steepest, and that can take 90 days, 120 days, some a year. Uh, we're not letting you go until you get one. Uh, I, I, our support systems are there until you close a deal at how, and there's no time limit. Please do, do it faster. Right do
1: you think with where we're at right now is, uh, where it's going to be better deals, more deals, or it's going to be tighter and harder.
0: This is this we, we were at 2300, uh, right now as we stand halfway through the year. Uh, and I'm, my average has been 1500. So I, I hate to say businesses more than doubled already and we're not, done the year yet so this is going to be and a lot of these loans that have been forgiven or you know that where people are not making their payments and they're going to be in a really tough spot we're looking at another big boom or bust and again i i don't want to profit from someone else's misery it's the last thing that i want i want everyone to make as much money as humanly possible and to do what what they're passionate about and have as much joy in their life as possible in a lot of health. I just want to make that X extremely clear. Please be happy. Do things that really bring you joy. Cause I feel like nobody has any joy anymore. We're joyful as kids. You get to be, you know, you get hair in awkward places and suddenly there's no joy left. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. So, but the reality is if someone is going to lose their, their income property or their own property, learn how to treat them with respect Learn how to get the money that they need so they can move on with their life, so providing they a can win and you can win.
1: It's providing a solution when when you feel the world is crashing on you.
0: In a and humane, not yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not a shark. I don't need a property at 10 cents on the dollar. I'll give you 65 cents on the dollar. Even if you want to give me it for 10, I want to give you more. If you want to give the rest to charity, God. Bless. If you don't want it, I'll give it to charity for you. I just I don't need to squeeze every dollar out of a deal. I just need it for the right, the right number. So I can take care of myself and my family and you can take care of you and your family. And that's, but that's
1: that a solution provider. Because when you're in that spiral, nothing's going to work. Cause you're going to go to banks. You're going to go to, you're going to go to, people, yeah,
0: brokers, nothing gonna work. Work. Yep.
1: nothing's going to work and you don't have a solution. Someone to come in to offer that solution. is not a bad guy. Nope. Um, it, man, I want to thank you for coming on, Marco. I, uh, I really appreciate you uh, providing your story and giving some inspiration and just where you've, your, your peaks and valleys man, have been huge. So thank you again for coming on money talkers.
0: It's my pleasure. And I uh, just hope I was able to give some value. And this was a fiery discussion <laughs> in your words.
1: <laughs> That's right. Thank you for listening to another episode of money talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin.